Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning this week a beautiful Chassidic discourse in the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Atem Nitzavim. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse in Shabbos, Parshas Nitzavim Vayelech. That year was on the 25th day of the month of Elul. In the year Tavshin Tezayin, which is exactly 66 years ago. So again, the Chassidic discourse is based on the opening verse of the Torah portion where it says, Atem Nitzavim Hayoim. You're standing today, Kulchem, all of you, Lifnei Hashem Aleikeichem, in front of God, your God, Roshechem, Shivteichem, the leaders of the Jewish people, Mechoitev Eitzacha, from the woodchoppers, Atshayib Meimecha, to the water carriers. In other words, everyone standing here today uh, united. Now, this Torah portion of Atem Nitzavim, so the Rebbe says, this Torah portion is always read before Rosh Hashanah. So obviously, besides the fact there's a beautiful Chassidic discourse, you're going to see a whole new powerful perspective on Rosh Hashanah in this Chassidic discourse. So again, so this, this, this Torah portion is always read before Rosh Hashanah, and it's also hinted in the, in the fact that it says, Atem Nitzavim, you're standing when? Hayoin today. And we know that Hayoin, when it says today, it's referring to Rosh Hashanah. Like it's a famous teaching from the Alter Rebbe that he received from his teacher, the Magad of Mezrich, who received from his teacher, the Baal Shem Tov, that Hayoim, when it says Hayoim, it's referring to Rosh Hashanah. Why? Because that's the day of judgment. That's the day of judgment. That's the famous day. And like, for example, there's a verse in the prophet that says, by Yehi Hayoim, it was that day. And the Targum, on the side translates the Hava Yoimu the Dina Rabbah. What day was it? The day of the big judgment, Rosh Hashanah. Because we know Rosh Hashanah is the day of Din and Mishpat, the day of judgment. And this is basically the blessing that's taking place on this powerful day that Atem Nitzavim Hayoim Kulchem. You're all standing straight upright. And those, all of you, from the heads of the tribes to the woodchoppers to the water carriers, we're all standing and we're all alive, which basically means we're going to be meritorious in the judgment of Rosh Hashanah. And that's a simple connection to Rosh Hashanah. We're all going to be blessed with God willing a great and beautiful year. The Rebbe brings what it's brought down, it says in the Medrash, in a, on, on a verse in the Torah where it speaks about the holiday of Sukkot. So the holiday of Sukkot, it says, You should take on the first day the Lulav and the Esrug. On that verse in the Torah, so there's a Medrash there. And the Medrash says as follows. The Medrash quotes the verse from the prophet that says, which we from some Psalms, which we say Friday night before the Chadoidi, that the, uh, the field and everything in it is going to be excited and happy and dancing, etc. So, Yaloi Sodai, the, fir- the, the first excitement is who's going to be that? The world. The world's excited. And the Chalash by everything in the world, referring to the people in the world. So, the, the world is excited and the people in the world are excited. What, what's the excitement? Like the verse continues on. Lifnei me, they're in front of who? They're in front of Hashem. And why are we in front of Hashem? Because it's, because Rosh Hashanah and Kippur are coming. Rosh Hashanah and Kippur are coming. Everyone calls a shul. Everyone comes in front of Hashem. And what's going to happen on Rosh Hashanah and Kippur? Yishbite, like the prophet says, King David says, Yishbite, he's going to judge Tevel, which is a unique word, which is referring to the world. Uh, he's going to judge the world, but Tzedek, with Tzedek, which is righteousness. The Amim and the nation be him with tremendous, uh, with tremendous faith.
So Rebbe asked a simple question. One second. We're saying, everyone, the, the world and all the people are very, very happy. Why? Because the day of judgment is coming, Rosh Hashanah. What's the, what's the joy about that? It's a, it's, a, it's a day of judgment. So, and if you want to be happy, so be happy because there shouldn't be judgment. What's the excitement because it's a day of judgment? And more the Rebbe asked the question. We know what it says in, in Talmud, that even if the whole world tells you, relax, Rosh Hashanah and Kippur is coming, don't worry, you're a tzaddik. But you in your mind should think, maybe I'm a Russia, maybe I'm not a tzaddik, maybe I'm not so righteous. And as we know, that what it says in the Talmud, that there are three books that are open to Rosh Hashanah. For the, and what happens is there's the, there's, the, there's the book of the righteous people, and they're right away written for a good year, and then it goes on to say what happens to the wicked people, and so on and so forth. So not everyone gets written right away in the book of life. Some people have uh, a waiting period, uh, a negotiation period, they need an extended time. Some people unfortunately get, uh, so it says in the, in the mouth, I don't want to say the opposite of life, and so on and so forth. So how can you be happy? Yahweh saw they were happy, Roshan is coming. <laughs> it's a day of judgment. Also, the Rebbe asked, what, is the, what does it say? It says, because the judgment, Hashem is the one judging. Now, the fact, as we know, in reference to the Jewish people, it says, Hashem is close to the Jewish people. And like it says clearly in the Torah, we're God's children. And like another verse in the prophet says, on behalf of my, my brothers, my friends, so the fact is, we are close to Hashem. We're His children. We're His friends. We're His brothers on a spiritual level, and like it says in the, pro, in, the in the Torah and the prophets. So the fact is, we know that in, in Jewish law, that a, a relative cannot be the judge over someone that he's related to because it's going to be a corrupt justice. So since we're saying Hashem is the judge, Hashem is the judge. How is He judging people that He's close with? Also, what does it say in the verse in the in the in, in the in the Medrash? Yishbar is going to ta- judge Tevel, which again Tevel is a unique word for the world, and Tzedek and righteousness. So, what is the idea of Tzedek? He's going to judge them. What does it mean, Tzedek? And also Tzedek, like the base beforehand as well. And also, why does he use a unique word describing the word the world? A unique ver- a word to describe the world as Tevel. So, Rebbe says as follows. We know that it's brought down <coughs> um, <coughs> different teachings from Chazal in the Medrash, and it sounds like this. Kol hashvin chabivim. Anytime you're dealing with number seven, seven is very, very special. The number seven is very, very special. Where do we find that seven special? So, for example, in days, the seventh day is a very, very special day. We all know what happens on the seventh day. Shabbos. Shabbos, not the whole week where you're working and you're running. Shabbos is a day of rest. And like it says clearly in the Torah, God blessed the seventh day and he sanctified it. So you see, God blessed it and he sanctified it, so it's special. And we learned in the Talmud, what does it say? How did God bless it? He blessed it with the manna and he sanctified it with the manna. Because, for example, when we had the man, so the six days a week it came down, the seventh we didn't come down. It came down on Friday, a double portion. So we didn't have to go out and look for it. And also it says, how did God, how did God um, sanctify the, the seventh day? That he sanctified, this is very, very beautiful and good to know, God sanctified the seventh day with the beauty and the light on every single human being. In other words, for example, if you look in the mirror during the week, and you look in the mirror on Shabbos, 
you're going to see a whole different person. Or if you look at, her, at your friend during the week, and you look at them on Shabbat, Shabbos, everyone's glowing. It's the gift of Shabbos. It's the magic of the seventh day. So Shabbos has within it, the seventh day has with it tremendous blessings. So that's in terms of days of the week. That the seventh is very, very special. Also when it comes to the month, months, so the seventh month, Nisan is the first. So Nisan, Eir, Sivan, Thomas, Ab, Elul, Tishrei is the seventh month. So the seventh month, which is the month of Tishrei, is full with a lot, a lot of blessings. Physical blessings and spiritual blessings. Like it says in the Mishnah, that in the seventh month, there's tremendous, there's, there's tremendous gitait and there's tremendous brachot, a lot of blessings in the seventh month. Why is that? Because that's the month that you gather in all the, 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 the crop from the field on a physical level. So there's a lot of physical, financial blessings in the month of Tishrei. Also on a spiritual level. What's on a spiritual level of the seventh month? There's a, lot of, there's a lot of mitzvot in the seventh month. For example, the month of Tishrei, you have the Rosh Hashanah, you blow the shofar. And then you have um, Yom Kippur, the day of the fasting God forgives us. Then you have the holiday of Sukkot where you build a sukkah, then you have the four species, then you have the Yashmina, etc., so you dance with the Torah. So the month, the seventh month is full with a lot, a lot of blessings, physically and spiritually. So that's what, so far, the days and the months. The same thing also, the earth, uh, the seven is also beloved in reference to the earth. Why? What do you mean the earth is seven? So they're explaining this. We know there are seven heavens. Seven heavens. What are the seven heavens? I'll, I'll spell them out. Shamayim is one. Shameha Shamayim is the second one. Rakia, Shokim, Zvul, Ma'oin, and Aravois. So there's seven heavens. Again, Shamayim, Shmeha Shamayim, Rakia, Shokim, Zvul, Ma'oin, and Aravois. What's the highest one? What's the seventh? Aravois. And the Prophet says, Sulu Laroiche Baravois. The one that's, the, 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 uh, the praise for the one that's, that's riding on Arabis, the seventh heaven, because, which is Yud K, Hashem's name, Shmai, that's the name of the one riding on the seventh. So you see the seventh heaven, Arabis is very, 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 very blessed. In other words, the seventh is, Arabis is the seventh, which is very, very special by Hashem. And in there, the seventh heaven, that's where the souls of Tzaddikim hang out. And that's why it's so special by Hashem. That's where Reichim, that's where Hashem's charity is. So again, so you see, in terms of the heaven, that there's seven heavens, Arabis is the highest, that's the one special for us, that's the, that's the most special one. The same thing also in our reality, the earth. There are seven names for the earth. Name number one is Oretz, we all know Eretz, that's number one. The other one is called Adama, Arka, Gei, Tzia, Neshia, and the seventh one is called Tevel. Now, Tevel is the seventh one, and that's the most special one. And that's why it says, Yishbait, he's going to judge Tevel. Why does he use the word Tevel? It's an interesting word. Because the answer is because Tevel is referring to the earth, but which level on the earth, which name on the earth? The seventh name, which is the most beloved name. And the the, the name of the earth, Tevel, he's going to judge, but Sadek, and that's why he specifically uses the term Tevel. Now, <clears throat> So the Rebbe is going to explain this whole idea, and he says as follows, and he's going to give an introduction. We have to understand, you know, the question we had before was like, what kind of judgment is? I mean, why are we so excited for the judgment? A beautiful idea. Why are we excited for the judgment? There should be no judgment. And how can Hashem judge us, etc.? So the Rebbe explains like this. What is the whole idea of judgment? What are we ju- What is Hashem judging us about? So he's judging us on our spiritual work 
of the previous year in learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. And all three areas, what are the three areas? Learning Torah, our service Hashem, which is basically prayer, and all the mitzvahs, and doing acts of kindness. As we know that there are three pillars that the world stands on. Torah, learning Torah, prayer, and acts of kindness, the mitzvahs. Now, so generally speaking, there's three pillars. Torah, learning Torah, prayer, and gemilas chasadim, all the mitzvahs, specifically doing charity, which is a general mitzvah. But the Rebbe says that generally, all three, Torah, and prayer, and gemilas chasadim, is all tzedakah. It's all righteousness. Why is that? And the Rebbe explains as follows. Again, so just to stay focused, we're looking at the judgment that's taking place in Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. The judgments for what? The previous year, Torah, prayer, Torah study, prayer, and doing the mitzvahs, kamil, chasadim, they're all in the category of what? Of, of, of tzedakah. And it explains each one. Torah, for example, that's tzedakah. That's, that's righteousness. That's a gift from Hashem. Why is that? Because the fact is, whose Torah is it? It's Hashem's Torah. Hashem's Torah is infinite. How did it come down, the infinite Torah? When you're learning Torah, you're learning Hashem. How did it come down to this world? Hashem did staka. He gave charity. Hashem gave us, in a, in a way of charity, He gave us a gift. The biggest gift that we have is learning Torah. You learn Torah, you connect to the infinite. How can we connect to the infinite? Because Hashem did staka by giving us a Torah. Okay. So again, so, so you see clearly that Torah is connected to staka. It's the staka, the charity of Hashem that Hashem gave us a Torah. Now, Hashem gives us a Torah. Torah is a book. In order for Torah to become part of the world, integrated with the world, that's when we learn Torah and we do our, when we follow what it says in the Torah, then we integrate the Torah into the world. How do we have the power to integrate the Torah into the world? And the answer is because before Hashem created the world, and even before Hashem wrote the Torah, the thought of the Jewish people was in God's thought first. In God's thought first, originally he had an idea. He's, he, he, he has the Jewish people were in his head. Then he went ahead and, and, and created the Torah, wrote the Torah, and created the world and put us in the world. But we were in his initial thought. So because we were in the initial thought, we have the power by learning Torah to bring the Torah into this world. But again, back to the main point. The main point is Torah is connected to the idea of stuck. God put us in the world and he gave us charity, he gave us a Torah, that we're learning Torah, we can bring God into the world. So that's point number one. Torah is connected to stuck. The same thing also when it comes to prayer. What is avoidah? So generally speaking, today we pray. The original form of avoidah, of serving Hashem, was the service of the, of the sacrifices in the temple. Today it's through prayer. So that's also connected to charity. Why? Because what happens when you pray? You're connecting to Hashem. We all know what it says in the Talmud, that before you pray, and if you want your prayers to have an impact, you want your prayers to work, and you want to see results from your prayers, so before you pray, what does it say in the Talmud? You should give charity to a poor person, and then you pray. Why? Because the Torah says clearly, Ani b'tzedek echza I come to see your face, but Sadiq with Staka. So if you're coming to pray to Hashem Hashem, give me a great life and give me all the blessings, health, happiness. So before you start, you put money into the charity box. In other words, by giving first Staka, giving charity, so then the prayer becomes Exopanecha. That's how you see face to face with Hashem. 
And we see, and panecha means a face. What, is, what does the face mean? There's a physical face. But panecha also comes from a premius. We get to the internal part of Hashem. And how do we get to the internal part of Hashem? When we open up the internal part of our soul. And that's when we pray. What do we pray to? We pray al Hashem. On top of Hashem. Like it says clearly in the prophets. In prophet Samuel, in reference to Chana. Uh, so it says, It doesn't say el Hashem to Hashem. But Chana prayed al Hashem on top of Hashem. And as she reached higher than Yud Kei Through prayer we have the power to reach on top of Yud Kei How? By first giving a little charity. So based on this, the Rebbe explains, that's why it says, Yishboit, Hashem is going to judge us. On what? On Torah, and on prayer, and on our, our mitzvot. Yishboit, table, he's going to judge us, bit tzedek, with righteousness. What, what, so why is he, it's just tzedek, righteous. Why bit tzedek? Because there's two types of tzedek. What's the two types of tzedek? One type of tzedek is the the um, the mitzvahs gemilus chasadim the mitzvahs charity and prayer and that's that type of, of 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 charity is limited and then there's a second type of tzedek the second type of righteousness which is the Torah which has no limits because the Torah is infinite so that's why it says Hashem is judging us what is He judging us Torah prayer and mitzvahs. And why do I say bit said Because there's two types of judgments. One is on the judgment of um, prayer and mitzvahs, which are finite. We pray finite, and we, when we do mitzvahs, finite. But then he judges on the, on the learning Torah, which is really infinite. So now that I was going to explain it even deeper and more beautiful, and he says like this. What is the... Because since we're saying that all three, Torah, prayer, and, and stuck is all part of tzedakah, so what is the idea of tzedakah that we say that before you that uh, before you go ahead and pray you should go ahead and give charity, as it says, I need that by giving tzedakah I'm going to see your face I'm going to see it in an internal way. Shabbat explains like this very beautifully and he says as follows: What is the purpose of giving charity? The purpose of charity is somebody doesn't have, and they're heartbroken because they don't have. So by giving them, you're not only providing for them, you're actually, you're picking up their spirit. In other words, someone that doesn't have, in Hebrew it's called an ani, a poor person, so he doesn't have. When you give him, you're literally reviving the person. You're giving him a lifeline. And what happens is when you give someone a lifeline, when you revive the person, you give him chayis, you give him energy... You awaken and hide by Hashem the, the willingness to also give us a lifeline. What does that mean practically? Because Hashem is, in the, is infinite. He's in the highest worlds. And this way Hashem brings down life and energy to the three worlds of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya. Which these are called the lower worlds. Because the world of Atsila is close to Hashem. Bria is more of a concealment. Yitzira is more of a concealment. Asiya is more of a concealment. But when we take somebody... It doesn't have, and we revive them. So Hashem gives more godly energy into the world of Bria, Yitzir, and Asiya. Now, why is why why are these worlds of Bria, Yitzir, and Asiya? Let's look at this world. Why does it have less godly energy? Because what's the source of the creation of the world? It comes from from which sphere? It comes from the last sphere, which is Malchus. Malchus is only a ray, like it says clearly in the verse, Kinizgav Shmoi Levadai. You know, the, the Hashem's name 
that's for him. But what what is what is he what is he allowed to come down to this world? Only a hoidoy, which is basically a ray. I'll ever to Shemayim on this earth and in heaven. So in other words, on the higher worlds, Niska Shmai, that's where Hashem is revealed on a higher level. Down here, Hashem is more concealed, it's only a ray. So therefore, you have to bring, do you have to bring, God has to bring in life and energy into this low world, where God is more concealed. That means that even in the world of Bria, Yitzira, and Asira, what, Asiya, what should be felt? The light of Atsilas. How does, so what, Hashem has to do it. When does Hashem do it? That's the tzedakah that Hashem does. When we do our charity, when we take somebody that's struggling on whatever level, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and you help them, that means you're reviving them, you're giving them a lifeline. Hashem signs us a bigger lifeline. He brings life to the world, into this world. And <clears throat> so then what happens is when a person prays, you're able to draw down a light which is above the normal light that's in the world, which basically is the, the, the bringing in the light of the infinite light into our in, in, into an internal way. So another thing, this what I'm saying is as follows: When you give charity before prayer, what are you doing? You're reviving somebody. So Hashem gives us life force, and then what happens is that life force comes into our life when we pray. We connect to the infinite. After we do the proper introduction. So now I'm just going to explain it more in depth and more specific. Because the fact is like this. When a person gives charity, there's two different levels to charity. Like for example, it says in the Talmud, someone that gives money to a poor person gets blessed with how many blessings? Six blessings. So you give support to someone that doesn't have, you have six blessings. What happens besides the support, but you actually make the person feel good? You, you encourage them, you say some kind words to them when, you, when you're helping them. Then you go from six blessings to 11 blessings. Again, when you help somebody, you get six blessings. When you make them feel good, besides helping them, you get 11 blessings. Why is that? And everybody explains it this. When a person helps somebody with the technical part, what they need, that's the body needs it. The body needs to live. So when you're helping them on a physical level, you, you, you've helped their body. <clears throat> so what happens then is, then you bring down the light from on high into the physical world of Briyatsiyasiyah. And like it says, like like like, like it's explained, the, the, the expression of helping somebody. So the, the terminology the Talmud uses is uh, for today we call it a penny. In the, in, in the Talmud language, it's called a pruta, a coin. And the coin is spelled. It's called a pruta. It's spelled pay, rage, vav, tes, hey. So if you take those five letters, pay, rage, vav, tes, hey, what do you have in there? So you have prat, vav, hey. In other words, what does that mean practically? We're drawing down the vav of God's name to the hay of God's name. So when you think about this, when you're giving someone charity, it's not just you're giving them a, a dime, a nickel, a dollar, whatever the amount of money, a hundred dollars, whatever you're giving them. What you're doing is you're giving them a pruta, where you're drawing down, you're drawing down the vav of God's name, which is basically the light from the world of Atsilas into the hay, into this world. And, like, and let's explain in, in the Siddur of the Alter Rebbe, 
in the 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 Hasidic discourse that that it starts off um, <clears throat> Hashem Svasay Tiftach, which is the beginning of the of the of the prayer of the Shmon Esrei. Hashem, open up my open up open up my 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 uh, my lips. So he explains over there beautifully the the idea of of voice voice and speech voice and speech. In other words, a voice is in general. It's a voice, a voice, a sound. That's in general. Speech already specific. You're saying the specific word. Word. Someone goes, "I," right? And you have, that's that's in general a voice. But when you start articulating what you're saying, that's already the details. So in other words, the voice is the general concept of letters. It's not broken down. The letters are broken down to what you're specifically saying. So what does pruta mean? Pruta is like breaking down what you're saying, the details. In other words, you're breaking down the difference between the vav of God's name and the hey, and you're connecting the vav to the hey. So based on Sarah's explained so beautifully, when you do the mitzvah of helping somebody, what are you getting? getting you're getting vav. What is vav numerically? Six. You're getting the six blessings, which is connected to the vav of God's name. So again, when a person goes ahead and helps somebody, you give somebody something, you're breaking it down and you're getting the vav, the six blessings, because you're helping someone physically, so you're getting the six blessings. However, because you're helping them physically. So you're breaking the vav away from the hay and you're giving them the vav. On the other hand, when you take a poor person and you uplift their spirits, in Hebrew it's called pious, you mephias them, you make them feel good. Uh, that's not for their physical body. That's to calm that down their mind. That's to calm their mind, their emotions, etc. In other words, think about it. Think about a state of an emotional state of a poor person, an, emo, an emotional state of someone that's lacking. Obviously, they can be happy about life, but the part that they're lacking, they're bitter about it. Someone doesn't have something. Yeah, they can be positive about other stuff, but the part that's lacking, they're bitter about it. And he has actually complaints to Hashem. Why am I the poor person? Why do I have to have this, this this part in my life that's lacking? And like it says clearly in the verse, Tfilah la'ani, the prayer of a poor person, kiyatoif. In other words, what is he praying? He's praying, why am I a poor person? Why do I have to have this lack? Why can't I have everything like everyone else? In other words, even though he says, you know, he's... A poor person says, one second, even though we know Hashem made the world, there has to be a rich person and a poor person. So like it says, so the rich can help the poor and the poor can receive and so on and so forth. But he asked a simple question. Very nice. You need a rich person and a poor person. Otherwise the world wouldn't go around. But why am I being chosen to be the poor person? Why me? Let someone else be the poor person. But when you talk to the poor person that's broken... And you make him feel a little better, and you calm him down, up to the point as mefaisoi. You actually literally make him feel. You calm him down and make him feel better. That's even higher than just giving him the money. So what happens then is when you when you make them feel better. So what what you create, you caught not only that the that the light comes from Atsilas, from the highest world into Briyatsirasia. But literally, by, by making the, the poor person feel good, you actually draw down the essence of godliness. And that's why, 
when you when you make someone feel good, you get blessed with eleven blessings. What's the connection with eleven? Because we know that there's ten spheroids, and eleven is one above all the ten spheroids. And as you're reaching the level above the ten spheroids, spheroids is a shtalshalos. That's the way things flow from one sphere to the next. You need the higher sphere, but eleven is off the charts. You're reaching lifnei Hashem. Like we said before, the Mailam Yud Kevavke, you're reaching above Yud Kevavke. So, just to recap before we go further. So, what they're saying is like this When someone gives charity, there's two components to charity. There's the physical act of helping somebody, that creates five blessings. There's a spiritual act of making the person feel good, that creates 11 blessings. By helping somebody physically, you're helping their body. And that's why it's called pruto, which is you're breaking down the vav to the hay. You're bringing down the light from atzilos in, in, into briyatsiyasiya. When you make them feel good, what kind of blessings do you get? You get 11 blessings. Yud Aleph is what? 11. It means one above. It means you're bringing down the essence of God. When you make someone feel good, you're literally bringing the internal part of God into this world. And the Rebbe says so beautifully, he says, that's why... The word for making someone a poor person, mafias, you know, it's making them feel good, you know, calming their mind down, empowering them, more than empowering them, but actually, making, you know, giving them encouragement. Pius is the same letters. Pius is spelled pei, yud, vav, samach. Those are the same letters as Yosef, Joseph, Yosef Atzadik. What's the connection with Pius, making someone feel good in Yosef Atzadik? Because in reference to Yosef, what does it say in the Torah? Eile this Yaakov Yosef. This is the offspring of Yaakov. Who is the offspring of Yaakov? Yaakov had, 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 had many sons, right? He had the 12 tribes. He had a daughter. But who's Toldus? Who's the offspring of Yaakov Yosef? Why is that? Because what's Yaakov? Yaakov, we know, was an Hashem of Atzillus. Yaakov was very, very high. But Toldus, what, what, what did Yosef do? Yosef brought that Silas down into this world. But the goal is to bring down the powerful light into Bria, Yitzira, Asiya. And that's what Yosef's job was. What did he do in Egypt? He was Mazber. He gave out food, the Chala Aretz. He brought down godliness into the world. In other words, he brought down the godly energy. And in order to draw down godly energy here, you can't just draw it down. You have to bring it from a higher place. And Yosef had the power through Pius. To bring down from a higher place, and that's why he's able to bring down the godly energy into the lowest part of the land. And that's why it says when you, before you pray, you give you should give money to a poor person. Because first you have to give the, the money to the poor person. And you have to make them feel good. And once you give it to them and you make them feel good, then it could be extra panacha. We have the ability to see the face of Hashem. And not only we can see the face, but we're actually drawing down the internal part of Hashem, just like when you make someone feel good. So again, so you see the power of prayer only t- takes the great, greatest effect in a spiritual way, in a practical way, when you give charity, and you give charity making the person feel good. Because by giving charity, making the person feel good, you're drawing down from the highest level to the lowest level, and it gets internalized in a beautiful way. Now, these two levels in charity, which means giving the person the gift and making them feel good, when do you have to do it? Before you pray. Why is that? Because in reference to prayer, we know, why do we pray? We pray, it says, who established the prayers? 
So it's brought down in the Talmud that the prayers were established by the Avos, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. <clears throat> so the three prayers that we have, Shachris, Mincha, Mayrev, were established what? By the Avos, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. It's also brought down in, in the Talmud that the three festivals are also connected to the three Avos of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Pesach is connected to Avram Avinu. Shavuos, the first festival, Pesach is connected to Avram Avinu. Shavuos, the second festival, is connected to Yitzchak. And Sukkot, the last one, is connected to Yaakov. In other words, so you see, what do you see from here? That the the Avos established the three prayers, and they're connected to the three festivals. So there, there's a powerful connection between the f- prayers and the festivals. They're the same level. The patriarchs instituted the prayers. They, instituted, they have a connection to the festivals. So the prayers and the festivals are on the same level. Now, in reference to the, the festivals, what does it say in the Torah? Three times a year, every male should see, and I'll quote it, Pnei Hashem the face of God or God, B'makim in the place that God chooses. In other words, the, every three times a year, the festivals, we see the face of Hashem in the place Hashem chooses. Where, where did Hashem choose? Where's the base of Migdash? Because the base of Migdash is in line with all, all the holy chambers. In other words, in the place of Migdash, we because ha- you have the power to have the revelation of Pnei, the face of Hashem Alekecha, God your God. So in other words, what happens again in the three festivals, you go to the temple, the temple is connected to seeing the face of Hashem. The same thing also prayer. Prayer was established against, again, the holiest chambers, and we have the power to see the face of Hashem. So what do you see again? All the festivals, we have the opportunity to see the face of Hashem. Through the prayers, we have the opportunity to see the face of Hashem. Now, how, when you came to the temple, and you wanted to connect to the essence of Hashem, what did you do when someone came to the temple? The first thing they would do is, in Hebrew, it's called the You would prostrate yourself. Like you see, when we, we in, on Yom Kippur, when we talk about the, the service in the temple, we have the, the, the prostration that we do. Just like the, the high priest did in the temple, the priest did in the temple. And it was like it says clearly in the Torah, we come to see, but to prostrate yourself before Hashem. Now, when it comes to prostrating before Hashem, there's two levels. Judaism is always two, many more. But right now we're talking two levels. There are two levels in prostration. There's one external prostration before Hashem. Like for example, uh, the example would be a, a servant before his master. So why is he? Why is a servant bow before the master? He has to. <laughs> it's his job. His job is to prostrate. Even though he doesn't want, he does it because it's his job. And he's afraid of his master. So he doesn't, he accepts the fact that you have the job, if you're the, you're, you're the servant, you have a master, you prostrate yourself. You agree, you disagree, it's a functional thing you do. That's one level, that's, what, that's one level of prostrating. There's another level of prostration, you want to do it. And now that you want to do it, you automatically, you become humbled in front of the, in front of the king. So when it comes to prostration before, but there's two levels. One, you do it, it's a functional thing. You do it because you have to. When you agree or disagree, you're in the mood or you're not in the mood. And the other is, no, no, you actually want to. You feel humbled. Now, these two components of prostration is like the two concepts we know of listening and seeing something. 
when a person does something, you pray and you study because you heard, you heard you're supposed to do it. So that's technical. You do it, it's like an external relationship. Okay, someone told me to do it, I have to do it. But when you see God and godliness, now you're really connected in a real way. So that's in terms of prostration in the temple. The same applies when it comes to prayer. What prayer? We know it says in the, in the, in the Torah, prayer is like when Jacob, the famous, uh, when Jacob went at night to sleep and he had the ladder going up and down. So it says the, the ladder, the feet was on the ground and then it went up on high. In other words, the beginning of prayer is you have to follow Hashem. In other words, there's a technical part of prayer that you're, you're, you're connecting to Hashem. But what kind of connection? It's an external connection. All right, I got to pray. So you go to synagogue and you pray. You're, you're, you're doing, you're, you're checking it off the list. But that's, that's, that's one level. What's the ultimate level of prayer? I want to see the face of Hashem. Not that I have to do it. All right, I'm showing up. All right, this is what people do. No, no, I want to connect with Hashem. I want to connect to the face of Hashem, not only the physical face, the internal face of Hashem. I want to reach, um, I want to reach lift me Hashem. And it's like we said before, you want to reach higher than Yudke Vavke. So these two powerful components in prayer, which generally speaking, they're the ones that you accept or you understand, whether you agree or not or not. That, where does it it come from? It comes based on the, the two components of charity. When you give charity, is the technical part of giving charity, and then there's making the person feel good. So what happens is what Rebbe is saying is like this beautifully. There's two components to charity. There's the giving. A lot of people give, but they don't even say a word to the person. And then there's making the person feel good. So what happens when you when you when you do both? That means you give and then you make the person feel good. So when you come to prostrate yourself before a temple, so you can do it technically, just like giving, or you can feel it. And the same thing also when it comes with prayer. You can either just pray because you have to, the technical part, or because you actually feel it. So based on these two components, Rebbe explains now beautifully why the verse says, why, why it says, Yishpoit table betzedek. God's going to judge, and again, table, which means the world, betzedek, with righteousness. So Rebbe explains like this. It's brought down, the author explains in the Kutu Torah, beautiful idea. Table, we said, is one of the names of the world. And we already learned it's, it's the seven, so it's beautiful. So the, now he's going to hold different level. It's brought down in the Kutu Torah, the explains, that Tevel, numerically, is tough as 400, Bez is 2, and Lamed is 30. So you have 432. 432. There's another word, Aryeh, which is a lion. Aryeh is spelled Aleph, Reish, Yud, Hey. Aleph is 1, Reish is 200, Yud is 10, and Hey is 5. So that equals 216. 216 represents a lion times two, equals 432. So the algebra says that tevel, the word tevel, the seventh word for the world, which is the beautiful world, is twice Aryeh, twice a lion. What's the connection? What does Aryeh have to do with what, what does I have to do with it? Because when we serve Hashem, we want to serve Hashem on the level of a lion. What is the, what is the spiritual service of a lion? That's serving Hashem with tremendous love. Like it says clearly, the general, where we serve Hashem, I'll say it in Aramaic, there's no greater way to serve Hashem like the serving Hashem with tremendous love. 
So our Europe is represented by love. But in love, there's two levels of love. And what's the difference between the two levels of love? It never explains like this. We know we, in the prayers we say, we use the example of the way the angels serve Hashem. So it says in the prayers, Srofim, one type of angel, and then there's another type of angel called Eifanim, two different types of angels. A Saraf and an Eifan, Srofim and Eifanim. So the Srofim, these type of angels that serve Hashem, they say Kadosh, Hashem is holy. Now, why do they say Kadosh? Because they comprehend how God is holy and how God is totally much greater than the world, and therefore they want to cleave to Hashem, they want to come one with Hashem. Now, why do they want to cleave with Hashem? Because they get it, they understand it, they understand how infinite God is. So, Srafim want to cleave to Hashem because they get it, they understand it. Oifanim, on the other hand, they how do they pray? Raj Gadda, they make a lot, a lot of noise, because they don't understand. They're just making a lot, a lot of noise. So again, to recap, Srafim they want to cleave because they get it, how God is infinite. I, I find him on the other hand, don't get it. They make a lot of noise. They just, uh, they don't understand. The same thing also says, when, like in Waits and Angels, the Srofim, that basically understand it. And they find him just making a lot of noise because they don't understand. The same thing applies to us, our souls. There are those that understand how great Hashem is. And they want to cleave with Hashem because we understand how great Hashem is. That's the level of seeing. We see, we see God created the world. We see God maintains the world. We see everything we have comes from Hashem. That's one level. We see it. And that's why we want to cleave. But then there's many, many people, they don't see it. They don't understand it. They don't get it. But on the other hand, they still want to be connected to Hashem. Just like they found Him. And it's, that's the level of hearing, acceptance. Because the fact is, everyone can be a, a lion. Everyone can have a love for Hashem. There's two types of love for Hashem. In other words, Tevel is Aryeh twice, which is represented by love. There's one type of love where you get it, just like in the angels and the souls. We get it. We understand how infinite Hashem is, therefore we love Him. And then, just like they're fine, they make a lot of noise. They want to cleave to Hashem, even though they don't understand. Or someone hears doesn't understand. And that's why it says Yishboit. Hashem judges Tevel, specifically Tevel. Again, because why? Before we learn Tevel, it's the highest level of the earth. But now he's saying totally different because in the world Tevel, what's hidden in there? The two levels of the Jewish people, the two levels of love. So that's why he used the word, he judges Tevel. He's judging our love. Is our love for Hashem based on we understand it? Or is our love for Hashem just because whatever, we love Hashem, we don't want to be one of the connection to Hashem. And that's why he says Yishba, he judges table. Again, table's a buzzword for two levels of love. Bit tzedek, again, with double righteousness, because it's two levels of righteousness. There's the tzedek of charity and prayer, which is finite, and the charity and, 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 the, and, the, and the charity of Torah, which is infinite. Now, this judgment of Yishba, table, bit tzedek, and this is this is like this is the, this is the icing on the cake of this discourse, and this is unbelievable. It will change your whole experience of Rosh Hashanah. If you get this point, well, you will you will get the point when you get this point. Do you like this? The idea of the judgment, Yishpoit, Hashem is judging table, which we already learned, right? Table of two different levels of, of love, but tzedek, which is running through our Torah and our prayer and, and our mitzvahs. It's not just judgment. But the intent of this is, we miss what we see, oh, he's judging. That's not the intent. The intent is, what does Hashem want? 
He wants to judge us. We're good, we're bad. No, 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 not at all. The intent is to bring in a much higher light. The judgment of Rosh Hashanah, I'm going to say it in important, we're going to go into it. And this will change the whole Rosh Hashanah. The judgment of Rosh Hashanah is not God for that Hashem wants to judge us or punish us. We're using the term mishpat, which means judgment. That's not the intent. The intent is we should experience a much greater light. In other words, it never explains like this. The whole purpose of the din, of the judgment on high, is not, God forbid, to punish or you're bad. That, no, don't even use those words. The goal is that to bring in a whole new level of light. And like we find, Rebbe says, in reference to Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot, they're all included in the powerful word we used for the two levels of love. What's the two levels? Table, he said, is Aryeh twice, which is connected to love. Let's go back to the word Aryeh. <clears throat> Aryeh, which we said is 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 is, is um, uh, two levels of love, which is two Aryehs go into Tevel. Aryeh is made up of four letters, the lion, Aleph, Reish, Yud, and He. What's the Rosh Hashanah for Aryeh? Aleph stands for the month of Elul, the Reish stands for Rosh Hashanah, the Yud stands for Yom Kippur, and the He stands for Hashanah Rabbah, by the way, my birthday. Anyway, so Aryeh is Elul, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Hashanah Rabbah. So you see that Aryeh is all about love. Love when Elul, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Hashanah Rabbah. Hashem wants to judge us, Hashem wants to give us more love. More love. Aryeh is love. Elul, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Hashanah Rabbah is all about more love. And that's why it says clearly, Smoiloi, in, in uh, Shir Hashim, from, from King, King Solomon. Smoiloi tachas aroshi, the left is under the head. Vibiamini, the right hand to Chavkeni, hugs me. In other words, the left, which is represented by the idea of the judgment of Rosh Hashanah, what's the purpose? A beautiful insight. Smoili takas roishi. You know what the purpose of the of the of the of the judgment, the smile, the judgment, which is under my head, Rosh Hashanah, my head of Rosh Hashanah. It's the goal is for Yamini to Chavkeni. So Hashem should hug us and sukkas. Powerful. Again, smoily takas the the left, which refers to din, judgment. Under my head, Rosh Hashanah, what's the purpose of it? So the Hashem should have the hug us and sukkahs. Not only that, there was a step further. Not only is the purpose of the judgment of Rosh Hashanah, so afterwards we should have a much higher light. No, no, deeper, Derba says. It's not about, it's not... It's judgment to have the higher light. No, no, it's not even judgment. It's not judgment. Rosh Hashanah is not about judgment. And there it brings, like from the Zohar, from Kabbalah, it says like this. It says in the prophets, that the prophet Shamayim Shemayim Heaven is not meritorious in his eyes. So the simple meaning is, the heaven is not meritorious. Comes the Zohar says, no, 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 no. On the contrary, it's a positive statement. Because it's so beloved, that's why Lezachu. Because it's so beloved, that's why it's not meritorious. What does that mean? And he gives a beautiful analogy. Someone has a beautiful vessel. Or someone has a beautiful building. So what happens is if you have a junky vessel, you never touch it. You never look at it. If you have a junky building, you don't touch it. 
Why don't you have a beautiful building and you have a beautiful vessel? So you're always polishing it. So when you're polishing the vessel, is you saying because it's junk? On the contrary, why are you polishing? Because it's beautiful by you. So you want it even nicer. Take, for example, you have a diamond. You're always polishing. You have silver. You're always polishing. Why are you polishing the silver? Why don't you throw it out if it's dirty? No, because it's silver. You don't throw out silver. The same thing also. means, no, I want it nicer. I want it more beautiful. In other words, you want to make it even more beautiful. So based on Shem explains, the idea of Rosh Hashanah is not, God forbid, Hashem is judging us. No, no, no. Hashem wants to be more beautiful. So he's shining us in Rosh Hashanah. So it's not, God forbid, anything negative. The judgment of Rosh Hashanah is, Yishmer Hashem is judging us, means he wants it to be more beautiful, not focused on the fact that he's judging. No, he's he's looking how he can make it more beautiful. The goal is to bring in a greater light. And that's why the verse says, V'hu, V'hu, what's V'hu? What does V'hu mean? And the Rebbe's going to explain what V'hu means. What does V'hu mean? Yishpoit. We'll get back to Bahu in a second. He's going to judge, means like we just learned. He's going to make it even nicer. Table, which we said is the two levels of the Aryeh, two levels of love, Ritzadik with righteousness. So Bahu, 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 what does it mean Bahu? He will. So Rebbe says, we know, brought down the Talmud, says like this. There are five times where it says who, and it's all referring to good. But there's one who, which is better than everything. What is the one that's better than everything? Where it says, who, Hashem Elokeinu. He is God our God. In other words, that the, 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 the attribute of Rachamim, the attribute of Rachim Yudke Bavke, that's what's, that, that, that's what's there forever. So when it says, who, what is it referring to? Rachamim, Yudke Bavke. And never explains like this. Where does judgment come from? Judgment comes from the shame, which name of God, not Yudke Bavke, comes from Elohim. Like it says clearly, judgment comes from the shame of Elohim. But nevertheless, nevertheless, what does it say beforehand? It doesn't say Elohim is coming to judge, it says Yudke Bavke. So how do the two go together? If it's judgment, why does it say Yudke Bavke? It never explains beautifully. And Rebbe says, we know, and it's brought down at great at length in the Kutatari from the Alter Rebbe, that there's two levels in the Shema Lokim, which generally is referring to judgment. One level of Shema Lokim is, like it says in the Torah, the Yadati you should know, Ki Hashem Hu Alakim, this Yudke Bavke, which is Chesed, this Alakim, which is judgment, and know that they're really the same thing. Even though Yudke Bavke is Chesed, Alakim is judgment, know that they're the same thing. The second level is that when Yudke Vavke goes into level of optic, which is a very high level, so then it's considered like a Lakim. It's not really a Lakim, it's considered like a Lakim because it's because it's because it's going to such a high level. So that's why it says Lifnei Hashem Kibalishbait in front of Hashem is coming to judge, referring to not the level of where Yudke Vavke is like in the shame of Lakim. Because that would be judgment. But we're talking Lifnei Hashem, higher than Yudke Vavke. When Yudke Bavke goes in the level of Atik, and therefore it's, it's like considered like a Lakim, but and 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 and, and the level of a Kim, there's, there's judgment, and that's why he says, "But who?" Referring to again Yudke Bavke, the way it goes in the level of Atik, the way it's totally Rachamim, that's going to bring the judgment, which basically means it's going to shine us up in the in the levels of love, but Referring to who is referring to what? 
Who is referring to Yud Kivavke, which is referring to Atik? And on that level, judgment is not judgment. Judgment is Rachmim. Judgment is compassion. Which basically means, what's the compassion? It's washing out the vessel so that we can shine. So, but who Yishmer Betzevel, referring to a Yud Kivavke, goes in level Atik, and it's there to shine us up. So, in other words, Rosh Hashanah is not about judgment. Rosh Hashanah is where God shines us, that we can shine and we can be beautiful. A whole new level of Rosh Hashanah. Hopefully, this will change your whole outlook and you'll experience Rosh Hashanah totally differently. Rosh Hashanah is where Hashem is going to shine us and we're going to have a great year. And based on the story explains further, that's why it says, Yalai Sadai, Shabai. The earth is happy. The people are happy. Why? Because through the what we call, so to speak, Din and Mishpat, the judgment of Rosh Hashanah, we get a whole whole different level of light. Hashem is shining us. And that's why it's brought down in the Medrash. And it's also brought down in, in the Tur, um, in, which is a commentary, of, uh, which is in the Shulchan Aruch of Laws of Rosh Hashanah. So it says like this. This nation, the Jewish nation, knows Hashem. Why? Because all the nations, what do they do on the Day of Judgment? They put on black, and they wear black, and they're nervous. What do the Jewish people wear in Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur? We wear white, and we, we totally dressed in white. We wrap ourselves in white, the white talus, white kittel. Why are we wearing white? It's a Day of Judgment, because we know that Hashem is going to make a miracle for us. So the question is, what's the... Why are we getting happy on Rosh Hashanah? And we're going to wear white. That, that, we, that we know Hashem is going to do a miracle. Let it not be. A, we, we, it's a day of judgment. And we're, we're putting on white because we know it's going to be a miracle. So why, why even have a day of judgment? If you know there's going to be a miracle, let it not be judgment. You're saying there's going to be judgment and we're going to be successful. Let it not be judgment we'll be successful. What's the purpose to go through the process? And Deborah explains beautifully and he says like this. It, that would be correct if you're saying is on the day of Rosh Hashanah, okay, fine, we're going to come out right. No, 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 we're not going just to be right. The day of Rosh Hashanah is because Hashem is going to draw down a greater light for us. And that's the simcha. The simcha for Rosh Hashanah is not because we're going to be back status quo. Because Hashem is going to shine us. We're going to come out shining much greater and much better. And that's what it means that, we, that Hashem is going to do a, a miracle for us. What does a miracle mean? This nature, and there's a miracle which is above nature. What does it be above nature mean? Hashem is going to bring down a light which is totally above nature. Why is that? Because Zeha Yoim, this is the day Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of our actions. Because the level of Malchus gets, um, goes, get, get, gets, get, gets included in the, in the level of um, the king, which is totally higher in the world, in the level of Shmoy, which is Hulabadi, and over there you're bringing down the powerful level into this world. Now, what happens then is, so Hashem and Rosh Hashanah is bringing down the new light that we're going to shine. So what happens? There's always opposition. They're so jealous. In Hebrew, it's called Mekatragin. There's the people that are the naysayers, the complainers, the jealous people saying, oh, why are you giving the Jewish people a new light, a higher light? And that's why the Torah says in this week's Torah portion, Atem Nitzavim Hayoim Kulchem. You're all standing here today in front of Yudke Bavke. All the levels of the Jewish people, the heads of the Jewish people, which means the biggest intellect, which basically they, they serve Hashem like level of strafim. We comprehend, we know how great Hashem is. From the wood choppers to the water carriers, they're basically simple people that will, they want to connect to Hashem just because. 
Just because all the levels, the people that get it, the people that understand it, the people that don't understand, but they want a connection, we, all of us, are standing, we're going to be meritorious in our judgment, which means not square one. Hashem is going to bring down a brand new light. The light's called Lifnei Hashem, higher than Yud Kei And this powerful light's going to come down to this world, into the judgment of Rosh Hashanah. And Rebbe finishes off beautifully. That will be a, a healthy year, a lively year, and a joyful year in all the details. And with children, and with sustenance, and with abundance, and health, and all the powerful blessings. So here you see a beautiful Hasidic discourse, which will, God willing, change the whole perspective of Rosh Hashanah. God is not here, God forbid, to punish us, or to hurt us. God loves us, and He wants to draw us down a great, brand new light. Let's hope we have a great Rosh Hashanah, a new light comes down to us, and we all have a great year, like the Rebbe finishes up, and I'll say it in Yiddish, a gesunta year, a strong year, a lebedeke year, a lively year, a freilich year, a joyful year, and everything in all areas of life, bona chaya mazoyna richa. Have a great and blessed week, and let's hope our next class will be in Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh.